Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Thank you. Good morning. It's, uh, it's what a privilege to be here this morning. Um, in 2018, I, uh, I was here. And we, and I preached about work, which was the start of 2018, and I said, I'll be back. And, uh, it's 2019, I'm back. It's, uh, so, so yeah, it's, uh, I, when they asked me how 2018 was, I said, that preach in Milneton was amazing. My 2018 was absolutely incredible, but it's good to be here. I hear amazing things about Milneton, um, and we're trusting for more for Milneton. If you think that you've reached something, there is more. And I want to say to you, this is such an incredible venue. We've been praying for this venue. And God is so amazing. He is faithful and he is kind. And I want to start off with that this morning. Because I believe that if we understand who God is, we'll understand that there's more. And we don't just want to stop with one thing, but we want to search him for more. And I think that is incredible in terms of who God is. I want to start off with a scripture. Before we even start... I want to honor God through the scripture. It is in Psalm 103. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you open it? I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to put it up on the board or on the screen at least. Let me just find it. Sorry. So why don't I just open my Bible? I've asked you to open your Bible. Psalm 103, verse, yes boy, I know, thank you. Verse 19, it says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. And I just want to read that one scripture for now because I want to set a mandate before I even start that God is on his throne and that he rules And our relationship with him is to understand that, and from that, we work with him. And that's important to understand when God says he is on his throne, is that we honor him through obedience. We honor him for who he is. My name is Wayne. It's my beautiful wife in front of me. is Jen. And our two little boys, well, one is not so little. He's six foot three. He's 15 years old. And little Zachary is a new addition, five months in the family. Um, what a joy. What a joy. God is really faithful, and I just want to say thank you to him for what he's done with my family. And um, two, three years ago, even four years ago, we, we couldn't imagine this. We couldn't imagine what God has done in our lives. So if we can get the first slide on the board. This is scripture from John 2. Verse 1 to 11. And when I speak about the first miracle, what comes to mind? Just a random, what comes to mind when I speak about the first ever miracle? It's incredible. Water into wine. And it's amazing that that's the first answer we always give to miracles. The lepers get healed. Um, the lame walks. Jesus heals. It's all those little end products the end product of the miracle, the end product of what happens. But I'm going to go through the scripture this morning, and then we're going to see how it builds up to the end product. Because a lot of times when we too, as, as, as 
sons and daughters of God, when we come before him, there's this instant gratification. There's this, God can heal me immediately. And believe me, he does. He does. He does as he pleases, when, he, when it pleases him. But there are always certain things that we need to understand, that God is in the detail. It is so important to understand that he is in the detail. So just before I, before I start reading the scripture, I want to tell you that we, um, I'm actually here to bring joy. <laughs> so my, my face doesn't say it, but I'm here to bring joy because 2019 has come. And so the question is, what, what does it hold for you? And if you're thinking it's going to be a tough year, I want to tell you something this morning. It's going to be incredible. It is going to be amazing. If you had a tough year in 2018 and you're sitting here this morning, thank you, Lord. It's been incredible. You are still here in 2019. And that is the most amazing thing about how we understand the blessing. Not what the blessing is sometimes, but how we interpret what the blessing is. So let's take it from there. I've, I've 2011, I think, 2012, we went to Blue Rock um, um, with the leadership team. I don't know, can you remember that, Brett? 2012, uh, you, were, you weren't there. Okay, sorry. And uh, Blue Rock, if you've been to Blue Rock, it's a quite an incredible place. You, you, there's lots to do there, foofy slide and all kinds of things. Uh, I'm pretty sure Warren can, will remember that place. <laughs> you can tell you the story on another day. And, uh, and, and then we came to this, these two places where you can jump from. One is about 20 meters high. 23 meters, 23 meters high. Sorry about that. I'm really sorry. 23 meters high. And the other one is about five to seven meters high. And so it's on the five to seven meter high rock that I was standing. And so as I was standing there, one of the guys just jumped, ran past me and jumped into the water. And he just enjoyed himself. He was down there. And, and then his little boy of five years old came and, and stood there as well. And he looked down and, and he said, no, dad, I can't jump. I said, come on, boy, you can do it. Look at it. It's easy. Your dad is down there. Come on, jump, jump. He's like, oh. I said, come on, boy, you can do it. Don't worry. Your dad is going to catch you. It's okay. You there. He's going to save you. It's okay. And so with that, the boy just hoes it. Eh? He goes down, jumps into the water. Incredible. I mean, he's full of joy. He's like, oh, I'm here, Uncle Wayne. Look. I said, that's great. And then he said, you jump. I said, are you mad? You see how high this is? I'll never jump. It's incredible. So I just said, from that day on, I realized that I'm just an encourager. That's what I am. So that's the gift this morning. I just want to encourage you that I'm going to encourage you to the scripture this morning. Um, I realized that a long time ago. I've got two very daring sons here in front of me. And yet I just watch them enjoy themselves. So I'm going to read from John 2, 1 to 11. And I really want you to find encouragement in what I'm going to say this morning. Because I think it's important for us. As we read scripture, there's actually nothing bad in it when you understand who God is. Yeah? When you understand who God is, scripture is really there to fill you and then bring you to the knowledge of who God is. And then you understand who you are, if you understand who he is. John 2, 1 to 11. Let's read together. Can we stand? Can we stand? Sorry, can we stand? really just want to honor God. Because when we read scripture, we believe that scripture has the highest authority. And that we can honor God through it when we stand and read his word. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. 
Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mothers of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now just a little uh, insert there. This is good counseling methods. If you're going to counsel someone, uh, take heed of what happens. Whatever he says, do it. It's always the case. When, when we counsel, or when we minister to people, I think the best thing to do is always to refer to what God wants from them and what he says. So it's a really good uh, um, statement that Mary, Mary makes here. Now, they were set there before, oh, geez, um, NKJV, so NKJV. New King James Version. Now there was set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water and, and was made wine, that was made wine, And did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Can we pray? Father, we just want to thank you this morning that you are here. Um, As Brett said, 2018, we preached God is here. 2019, you are still here, Lord. And we want to thank you and give you the glory this morning. We pray for open hearts to receive. I pray this morning that, Lord, you would speak through me. And, Father, that you be glorified in all that we do. And, Father, we thank you for those who are receiving this word. I pray a blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So the most, most amazing thing here is, and as I was saying earlier, the miracle is in the detail. And when we read the scripture, we will understand that there are certain players in this picture. There's Mary, which is important to understand, Jesus, there are servants, there are disciples, and the master of the feast. So why is this important? It is important, and I'll I'll reveal that more as we go along with what I'm going to speak about. This morning I'm going to speak about obedience. And as 2019 approaches, I think it's not a topic that we all want to speak about openly. If you'd ask me, I wouldn't want to speak about obedience just as something that I need to do. It's a very difficult thing. If you look into your house right now, and if I had to look into my own house, and we have to speak about obedience, starting with me, running right through to the young Zachary there, obedience can be a tough thing. It can be something that either makes a family, or it can break a family. Disobedience can separate. Disobedience can cause anarchy. And so it's important to understand why obedience is such a big thing to God. 
Because disobedience to him separates. You, you'd sit and say, yes, Lord, but I want to do this and I want to do that. However, obedience should be the foundation of how our relationship is actually built with God. Yes, it starts with love and all these things, but God calls us to be obedient. That's what he's called us to be because he's got so much more. And I want to prove to you this morning from reading the scripture that obedience is more than just doing something. Obedience has more than just what you are going to give in it. And I understand that that is why God wants us to be obedient, because he has so much more. Let's unpack the scripture. Number one, what does obedience look like? In verse 7, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled it up to the brim. Isn't that incredible? That obedience is work. It is effort. There's something that you need to do that God has called you to do. Can we understand that that's probably why obedience is such a tough thing? Because there are many challenges to it. Not just being obedient. You're not just going to get up and start being obedient just like that. It challenges you. So obedience, for, for what I read in the scripture, is effort. There were six water pots, 20 to 30 gallons. Now, I tried to work that out. That's about 100 liters of water per water pot. Then the water pot itself, probably made of stone, would have weighed around, what, 40, 50 kilos, 60 kilos? So there's six of these water pots, and they need to fill it up. Jesus says, fill these water pots. When I read the scripture, it says that they filled it to the brim. Now, we need to understand what radical obedience is. And I know if my mom had to tell me, fill whatever water jug or whatever it is, I'd probably be questioning how far or how high or how full must it be. And then I'll probably bring us something that's probably below the brim. But when Jesus says something, they do it to the measure that actually allows them or, or stops them from doing it. Which means they don't stop. They keep on going. And it says they fill it to the brim. And that's radical obedience. You go. When God says go, you go. You don't stop on your own. You keep on going. Until he says that is enough. So that to me, when I read that, I realize 600 liters of water. (laughs) That's a tough task. And so they needed to fill this up. And it says they filled each one of them up to the brim. Which is incredible. If you think about it, when God called me to do a soup kitchen, I, I thought, okay, cool, what we'll do is we'll just plant a soup kitchen right here at uh, Table View, what is it, AO, AOG, or what is it called now? View Church, sorry. <laughs> and, and, and we thought, okay, we'll be on the field there, and that's okay. You said soup kitchen, Lord. And I didn't know who to, to do it to, but we will start it off. We'll start it off. And so I started it off. A friend of mine came and he said, you know what, Wayne, we, maybe we should just go and see what other soup kitchens are doing. And with all due respect, I said, Moses never had a manual to lead the people out of Egypt. He only had God. And so to start a soup kitchen is far less than what Moses did. So I thought, well, let's just do it. Let's go and do this. So I went there 
And we served there for, for a few weeks. And then God called and said, that's not where I want you to be. And my wife sensed that. And that's what's so important. My wife is yeah, yeah incredible. I love you. <laughs> incredible in terms of saying we shouldn't be here. We should be where the people can't leave or come out. And so we traveled all the way to Danun. Little did we know that the place we went into is called Site 5. We still thought it was Danun. We only found out that it was Site 5 when we realized that the murder rate, theft rate, and all those kind of things in that little place was higher than any other place at the time, which was 2010. That we only found out afterwards. So it was good. My brother said to me, don't go there. They murdered a couple who started the soup kitchen. Don't go there. I've heard about that place. And the enemy will stop you. The enemy will come and throw all kinds of logic towards you to stop you from being obedient. But I looked and I said, but my God is with me. And even if these things happen, even if these things happen, I can gladly say that I've done what my God has called me to do. And so I said to them, stop, you might be my brother, but enemy, get behind me. I'm going to site five. And we've been there ever since. Eight years later, we're still in site five. And we have thousands of people coming. And I can easily say, yes, they want to come for the soup. But actually, they stay behind for the word of God. They worship. They in need. And that's what God has called me to do. Has the soup kitchen changed? No. It's still a soup kitchen. Everybody says, well, how are you going to transition this? I say, when God calls us to do more, we will. But we'll do what he's asked us to do now, which is so important because that's where the power lies. There are three challenges to, to, these, to, to, to obedience. Three challenges that I think, for me personally, when I looked at it, I thought of these three challenges. One, comforts. Tough. Comforts are always the number one thing or part of the number one things that really challenges us into being obedient. It is. There are many TVs, couch, home, friends, family. It's all nice to have these things, but when God calls you to something outside of these things, the challenge happens. And I know for myself, I've made many excuses before where I said, oh, Lord, you know what, I, just, I can't go to soup kitchen. I've got a, my nose is blocked. The kids will get infected. So I'm like, I'm not going to go to soup kitchen this morning. And yet I'm leading the soup kitchen. I was like, this guy is making excuses. The comforts of being at home on a cold morning in your bed and then having to go out and serve people who are wet, hungry, and poor. Circumstance is the second challenge that I thought of. I don't know the Bible. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not a theologian. Um, I haven't been educated in the Word. Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I just, the circumstances aren't great. Um, one of mine was that uh, Site 5 is really not a great place to be. Today it will be wet because it's raining. So I'm going to have to stand there and serve these people. So the circumstances, Lord, is, it's just not great. And yet I have to find myself above that and realize who God is. And if we remember Psalm 103 verse 19, it says he rules over all. 
And so I have to understand who he is and when he's called me to be obedient, that I respond to who he is and not to my circumstance. The cost, time and effort. And if you understand time and effort, is always, there's always a cost when you have to be obedient. If I look at the six water pots and the time it was, it's probably, you can't say it was at the end of the, of the feast because it says they ran out which meant the feast was still going. So when they're running out, it means that the embarrassment to the groom would be that when he he has a wedding feast for his bride, it means that he can take care of her. It means that if he he lost the feast, it means that he's well prepared to take care of the bride. So now he's run out. It's halfway through, and there's embarrassment staring him in the face. And for the servants at this point in time, to go and fill up six water pots. You can understand that there's massive effort involved. There's time that is involved here because they need to do it as quickly as possible. And then to fill it to the brim, time and effort is always a costly thing when we are called to do things at a time when we're not ready. And so I just want to leave that with you with the three challenges that I believe is important. Comforts, circumstance, and cost. Consider these three things in your life and ask yourself where you are challenged when it comes to obedience. Number two, reward. And he said to them, draw some out now. After the effort, there's always reward. There is always reward. When I read the scripture, I realize after all that they've done with the 600 plus liters of water, there's a reward at the end of it. Jesus said, draw some out now. And what they drew out was something that no one has ever experienced. And now you can say, yes, they've drawn it out and they need to present it to the master of the feast. But their efforts in being obedient to what Jesus has called them to do, has produced something magnificent. It has produced something magnificent. Yes, Jesus can stand there and say, yes, right now, Lord, water into wine, fill up these pots. And he can do these things. However, he is gracious and kind and he allows us into this miracle. He allows us to be part of this miracle. He allows them to be part of what's happening at this feast. As I said, God is in the detail. And so he wants us to understand the role we play when God wants to do something miraculous. We have a role to play as we partner with him through obedience. And so the reward there is a beautiful wine, an amazing, amazing wine. And so I, I really just, with, with, with Zachary, we, in 2017, we, we, we almost... In, in March 2017, I felt God saying, we need to adopt. I didn't tell my wife because I didn't feel that I needed to um, sort of lead her into something that she wasn't ready for. So I said, Lord, I'll wait until my wife hears from you. And so in October, Jen came to me and she said to me, I believe we need to adopt. And then I knew it was right. We want to adopt. Now, let, let me just put something out there. The important thing for us as adoption wasn't because we needed to fill a void. Because that's not what adoption is all about. I just want you to understand that. We knew that we were going to adopt years before. 
long time ago, before we even knew that we couldn't fall pregnant because it was in our hearts. But the reason we wanted to adopt wasn't because we wanted to fill a void in the home, but we wanted to do it out of the overflow of love and never out of a need. And so we thought, cool, we'll do this. We'll go and adopt, Lord. That's what you've asked us to do. So it was a long process. We started in December. And then in August, Zachary came along. We were approved as adoptive parents in August the 2nd. Zachary was approved to be adopted in July. And then it happened. 28th of August, little Zachary came home. It was incredible what God had done. Just so much favor. Because we've done it out of obedience. And obedience always has a timing to it as well. Which is so important to understand. That we do it at a time when we know God has called us to do it. And when God has called us to do it, it's the right time to do it. And so when we've done that, Zachary came home. And we thought, Lord, we want to do this because Zachary is here. He needs a home. We want to give him everything that he deserves. Because that's who you are to us. You give us everything that we deserve. You are the one, the provider of everything. And we thought we'll do the same with Zachary. The word says, draw some out now, which is the reward. And the first few weeks and months, I struggled. Because I thought... You know, a new dad, you you want him to know that you love him, but he he doesn't understand that, so you you really have to be patient. And the one day I came home, and as I walked into the house, he looked at me and he shouted, Dada, Dada, Dada. I want you to understand something about obedience. There's always a reward. And while I thought I was doing something for God, he was bringing joy into my home. He was bringing joy into my home. This little boy. There's always a reward. Obedience always brings a reward. And this little boy saw me that day. He said, Dada, he's never said these words before. And I can thank my wife, because my wife, is, she's the one that just punts him. That's your dada. And so I come home to that, and I realize there's a reward here for obedience. It's just what God has asked me to do. I wasn't prepared at all, believe me. But God knows what he's doing. And God knows why he wants to do what he wants to do. Number three, blessing. So you've received the reward. And I want you to understand that obedience produces three things that are so important for us. Firstly, it's work. It's important. We're partnering with God. Number two, there's a reward for our obedience. doesn't matter what it looks like. If you look closely, you'll understand that God has rewarded you for your obedience. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with the reward. Number three, it actually ends with a blessing. You see, Zachary is not for me. And while he can call me Dada, which is the reward and the joy that he's brought into my home, that's not where it ends. He needs to become a blessing. 
You see, the wine that was drawn out wasn't kept amongst the servants and the disciples. Jesus said, take it to the master. The blessing, the reward was given to the master. And it blessed the feast. I really just want to hit this home so that we understand. In Exodus 19, 4 verse 6, God says to Moses, You yourselves have, been, have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. It says you will be for me, not to me for me if you obey me fully you will be for me meaning I will use you on the earth to be a blessing it's important to understand what obedience brings it doesn't end with reward it actually takes us further to become a blessing and that's what obedience brings and I think God and I believe God in this instance in John Two, one to 11, when we look at it from an obedience perspective, really takes us through phases of what we need to do to become a blessing. Obedience does not end in a reward. Obedience ends in being a blessing. So why is obedience important? Firstly, it's to honor God. That's, I believe, the top of my list for me. It is to honor God. It allows him, number two, it allows him to bless others. And number three, it maintains good relations. I think that's important. I think when we walk a journey with God, when you find disobedience, and David writes in Psalm 51, he says, you do not require sacrifice. Else I would give it. But you require obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. There's a reason for that. Because when we are obedient, we end up blessing this nation. Philippians 2 verse 8 says this, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God Almighty has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and on those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2 verse 8. There is no one more obedient to what Jesus has done for us. He's left his comfort. He came into very difficult circumstances. And it cost him everything. It cost him everything. But he didn't just come because of those inconveniences. He came so that we can become the blessing on earth. 
so that we can tell others what he has done for us and that we can tell others through him what he has done for them. Obedience, Jesus' obedience produced a blessing on this earth. And Matthew 28, when we speak about going out and preaching to all corners of the earth, it's the blessing that we're taking, the salvation that Jesus Christ has rewarded us with. It is the blessing that we give to the world and what he has done for us. Jesus Christ was the sacrifice. He became the blessing. And we can tell the world what he's done for us through that. So just to conclude, and Lee is sitting here and he's, he's probably thinking, when am I going to speak about him? <laughs> but Lee is, is coming at the age of 12 and it, was, it wasn't an easy journey. And everything changed for us. But Lee goes with me to soup kitchen every Saturday. And while we speak about and we teach, and, and he has to learn about obedience and all these kind of things that God has called us to, there's one thing he does on a Saturday morning. is He goes with me to soup kitchen. And when he goes to school, he has a choice to make whether he's going to sit with other kids and talk about the best girlfriend and boyfriend or whatever that might be in today's society, PS4, let's keep it clean, PS4, or whatever that may look like. I'm trusting that when one day he goes to school, that he'll speak about the people of Site 5 and that he'll speak about what God is doing to the people in Site 5 where he is at. I believe that God wants to use him as a blessing in the place that he's at. But he gets up obediently on a Saturday morning. He works hard with the kids because he plays football with them there, keeping them busy. And then I'm trusting God that he'll be the blessing that God has called him to be in the schools that he's at. And so there's always, when I read the scripture, I realize that God wants us to be a blessing. There is a reward. And I'm pretty sure if you understand that you won't hold the reward to yourself. But bless others through that. And that's the key of being obedient. The ending of obedient is firstly to honor God. That we do as he says. But then see how God works. See how God works. Gabe always says that radical obedience produces radical Radical futures require radical obedience. Sorry, Gabe. But I believe that fully because I believe that God wants to do something incredible in 2019. And not just, you know, being obedient and and, and being the schlep of having to do something. Because then your obedience literally becomes the sacrifice, if you know what I'm saying. It's going to feel like a sacrifice having to get up in the morning. Really, but obedience produces reward. And it produces blessing. And God has called us to be a blessing to the nations. And we can fully understand that. Firstly, with an intimate relationship with our king. Then hearing his voice. And then being obedient to what he's called us to be. Which is so important for us.
So this morning, as I finish off, have I done good time? Yeah. Perhaps there are water pots that need to be filled this morning. Perhaps there are things that you've left halfway. Perhaps these water pots you feel can never be resurrected again. Water pots of marriage. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's even tithing. Which I know is a challenge for many. I speak to people. They question me about tithing all the time. Perhaps it's something that you're struggling with. Perhaps there's certain water pots that need to be filled this morning in those areas. And God is saying, be obedient to your marriage. Be faithful. I've called you to be faithful. To your tithing, be faithful. I've called you to be faithful. Your addictions, you might feel every year you slip up, you're falling, you're tripping, and you can't get this water pot full. God is saying, keep on going and keep on filling that water pot and see what I do. It's so important to understand that obedience doesn't stop halfway. Obedience, we keep on going with God until the end. So today Jesus is saying, fill those water pots. It's so important for us to fill those water pots. But if you're saying this morning that I'm struggling in that area, that I'm struggling and I don't know how to start with these things, I don't know where to start, whether it's my marriage, whether it's the addictions that we were speaking about, money, work. There are three water pots that I believe we need to start working on immediately if we want to see these things fall into place. Number one, the word of God. Get your head down and start reading the word of God. It fills you. It fills you. And it brings, it produces an intimacy with God. When you read the word of God, you get to know who he is. It creates a relationship with God. And when you know who he is, you'll understand what it is he's saying to you. Read the word of God. It has the highest authority and it fills you. Our prayer life, perhaps those water pots are half filled. And as 2019 is coming, perhaps we should be sitting and praying more than anything else. So important to pray when Jesus performed all these miracles. They didn't ask Jesus, please just teach us how to perform these miracles. Just what is it that you did? Just show us. The first thing they came to, they said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because they could see what he was doing. They could see where his strength was coming from, where his faith was coming from. It was an intimacy with the Father. So they didn't ask Jesus, teach us how to perform a miracle. They knew and they saw his prayer life and they said, teach us how to pray. It's so important. Number three, worship. Worship is a weapon. It is a weapon. And that water pot needs to be filled. It's so key for us. This morning, I look at Bunty and I see this man worshipping up front. This is just something that happens when you worship. I'm not 
discarding any other worship leader here. But he's not a worship leader today. He's a worship leader every day. This is the overflow of a worship leader. We get to benefit because of the overflow. It's not because today he's decided to lead worship. That goes for all of us. We don't come here to worship God. This is the overflow. And the overflow happens when we fill these water pots that God has called us to do. The foundation needs to be set for ourselves. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you've done. We thank you for showing us radical obedience and that we can follow you and that we are not alone, Lord. That our strength, our, 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 our iniquities, and your, your grace is sufficient for all of us. We thank you this morning for what you're going to do in 2019. We thank you this morning that we can reach in and draw out and bless others because of obedience. We want to honor you this morning, Lord, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.